MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What up and welcome in. We got a lot to get to here in the next hour, man. 45 minutes from now, Dave Koken's going to be with us. We'll get his thoughts on everything Major League Baseball and, of course, college football, maybe a little National Football League as well. It's Thursday, which means we have Thursday night football. And in full foot, six minutes from now, we have first pitch. For Astros and White Sox, game one of their American League Divisional Series, two ALDS games to come today. So really quickly, let's set the table for this, humans, before we get first pitch and where you were at, if anything, on today. Uh, right now, Houston Astros, $1.30, $1.27. Actually, it's a big range here. $1.27 price at Circa, $1.36 over at DraftKings as well, right around that opening price of $1.40 here. So I think the White Sox garnering a little attention early this morning. Yeah, you know, I walked into the South Point Sportsbook today, and you got lines snaked all the yep. way around the book. I said, what's the deal? That many many people fired up about the White Sox-Astros? Yeah. Yeah. Baseball betting. Catch the fever. Uh, I kind of like the Astros here. I just didn't want to lay the price. I think right now, Circus has got the best price in the market at minus 127. Look at it. Like and, the uh, energy. Yeah. That guy in the it's red like an shirt's amusement right, park. Yeah, that guy in the red shirt's right lined up to ride the beast. <laughs> You ever heard of the Beast? I have heard of the Beast. Okay. Yes. Okay. I do understand that reference. I get that reference. Roller coaster at uh, Kings Island. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati. Uh, right I'm a roller now, coaster guy. I'm in. <clears throat> Astros minus 127. That's a fair price. I might actually uh, play that here in the next couple minutes and jump on the app. I, I like Lance McCullers a little bit better than Lance Lynn in this matchup of Lance's. 
Yeah, uh, and it, we should note, too, from a team perspective as well, there's a couple of, one, Houston 5-2 and two against Chicago in the regular season. They actually won the first five games yes. of the regular season right. series for the four-game set at home. Won the first one in Chicago before losing the back end in the last two there. And you mentioned between the two, you know, Lynn, there's a couple of things that kind of stick out to you. One, if you're talking about regression, as we have kind of talked about before, 269 ERA was great. 381 XFIP paints a little bit of a different mm-hmm. picture. And his career at Minute Made, because remember, he's got some starts with the Rangers too, didn't go so well. Uh, 492 ERA, nine career starts at Minute Maid Park, 4 1 Lance Lynn, and a three and six career record. So it was not the best spot for him no, in his career. I, I, think, I think most of the things you look at in this game point to Lance McCullers and the Astros. But yep. I, I'm not crazy about laying a around a buck 30. So it's not going to be a big bet for me, but I do like the Astros a little bit in the game. Excited though. Can't wait. So we're here for the first hour of it, then go straight home and check in everything else. And then we'll get to it in a little bit. Uh, the Red Sox and Tampa Bay Rays match. I don't think any team, I don't think any team's going to celebrate more than the Dodgers did last night. Now I know yep. it's a walk-off home run. Those are extremely rare in the baseball playoffs, but to you, did it seem like the Dodgers celebrated like they won the World Series last night? So it's funny. Yes, to a certain extent, like there was champagne popping and like goggles and like they were screaming. And and maybe it was just like the it was a really tense game. Like it's one to one almost right. the entire time and nobody can really get anything going. And maybe it was just finally breaking like that out of nowhere. And just like, oh, walk off shot. So maybe that was it, but I'm with you. Like it, it felt like a series victory, yeah. or like moving on to the NLCS or the World Series, as opposed to all right, cool. Now we got to go to San Francisco. I don't even really understand why in baseball you celebrate the series victories. You know, yeah. th- until you get to the World Series, why do you why do you pop the champagne, have the dog pile out Every in the infield? Yeah. You haven't won anything yet. You just won. Basically, like a playoff round. Yeah, I mean, so I, okay, I, I know it's a long season. Guys want to celebrate. That's cool, but it seemed like the Dodgers, for a team that won the World Series last year, last year went a little bit overboard with the celebration last night. Yeah, but regardless, it's a three-one victory for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, this was heavily debated last night, bad beat or not, for the Cardinals. If you had plus one and a half, I would argue that when your team was 0-11 or 0-11 for 11 and with mm-hmm. runners in scoring position, scored the first run and had multiple opportunities to potentially break this thing open, I'd say that's probably a tough beat yeah, to swallow. I don't think there's anything to debate here. <laughs> it's definitely a bad beat. When yeah, you lose on a two-run home or two outs in the ninth inning, you're plus one and a half and lose the game by two runs, there's no doubt it's a bad beat. Yep. So uh, I think the Cardinals also have to look back at the first inning of last night's game. And bad base running, we talked about it with the uh, Yankees. Why did Paul Goldschmidt not tag up at first base on that uh, fly ball to Mookie yes. Betts had to catch where he had to lunge over the wall. Why was he not at second? And then if he was at second, he could have advanced to third mm-hmm. on the next fly ball. He should have scored. The Cardinals should have had two runs in that first inning, if not for brain-dead base running. And those are the type of mistakes that get magnified in the postseason. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it makes the difference, right, in terms of where you're at this entire game. Yeah. So not only going 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position, but not running the bases properly. And they did some good things, right? When Adam Wainwright gets the bases loaded with one out and he forces a ground a, a double play, oh, yeah. like things like that, which is something we talked about, right? There's really good Cardinals defense. They mm-hmm. did little things like that correctly. But when your lineup is performing the way that it was in that game, those little things that you don't do right, especially at the beginning of the game, they'll cost you. It should have been, if you run the bases properly, it's 2-0 Cardinals in the first inning. Yep, absolutely. So Dodgers will move on. Uh, not surprisingly, too, by the way, uh, that they are... Favored over the San Francisco Giants? I mean, from a power rating and public uh, standpoint. I was I, actually really surprised this number was as big as it was that's last where I'm, night. That's yeah. where I'm at, right? Like, I don't, I'm not surprised that the Dodgers ended up becoming the favorite here. It was the fact that they were favored by as much as they were. They were up to $1.70 on the 
on the series price over the San Francisco yeah. Giants, a team they lost the season series to ten to nine. Call me crazy. I thought this line was going to be Dodgers a dollar thirty. Yeah, dollar seventy too much. Clayton Kershaw is not going to be out there. Max Muncie is not going to be out there. And uh, Mad Max Scherzer has not been the same. He was not sharp last night, and you could see it in the first inning. You know, sometimes the guy will settle down after the first inning. He never, he never uh, got control of his stuff last night. He was, he was getting through on uh, grit, toughness, right, experience, Ex- mistakes. Like we just talked about, <laughs> right? right by capitalizing the on uh, the Cardinals' ineptitude. But uh, I, I think the the Dodgers are overpriced in this series. I, I'm going to play the Giants here. I'm playing the Rays in the series over the Red Sox. I'm playing the Giants at this plus price over the Dodgers, and uh, I will say I lost a small bet last night on the Cardinals. I only I, I took plus two fifteen. I thought mm-hmm. you, you know I can make a case. We talked about it in the show yesterday. There's money line value in that. You, price. you can make a case for the Cardinals plus two fifteen. Uh, so I took a little shot on them last night and lost, but uh, I, I do like the Giants in this series. I'm going to make a bigger bet on the Giants in the series and a bigger bet on the Rays over the Red Sox in the series. Yeah, I've got a plus three fifty for the Giants in the National League, so I'll be rooting hard for San Francisco. And mm-hmm. we, you should know too, right? It, the the Dodgers are beat up, but so are the San Francisco Giants. We know that Belt with the broken thumb is a loss for them. But you mentioned it, right? With the loss of Kershaw, with the loss of Muncie, like everything going on with them. Like we, I think we saw yesterday the absence of Muncie in that lineup. Yes. That lineup wasn't really effective, and yeah. Cody Bellinger had his moments, right? Got on base, well, but at the same time, if Muncy was in that lineup, I think that's quite the different game there for the Los yeah. Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. And Brandon Belt is a loss, but again, the Giants were number two in MLB in home runs, yep. and they have depth. They they have uh, guys who can pick up the slack, I believe. So, um, I think I I think this is more towards a coin flip series than minus one seventy. I just. Uh, yep. Could be proven wrong, but I think this plus price on the Giants is pretty attractive. All right, so with that, we got Lance McCullers Jr. walking out to the mound. We'll keep you up to date on this game uh, as it goes on throughout the edge, and I'm sure you'll get updates uh, throughout the day on my uh, my guys in the desert and so on here on VSIN. Let's take a look at the football game later tonight. We get Thursday night football between the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. Kind of surprising in terms of what the market has done with this number, mainly because for three consecutive weeks, humans, the market couldn't get enough of the Seattle Seahawks, right? right? right. It was driving them up to six and a half against Tennessee. It was uh, driving them in that number against Minnesota to what we were talking about in that one, to to as high as two, I think, in that game against the Minnesota Vikings, two, two and a half. And then yesterday, last week, threw that three all the way down to two and a half against San Francisco. So they get the money there, and you think, all right, maybe it happens again, but market jumps off ship. In this Thursday night matchup against the Los Angeles Rams, so we're up two and a half with a total of fifty-four here between these two. I I agree with the market move. You know me. I've been anti Seahawks. I've bet against them for three straight weeks. Feel jaded after rewatching the game uh, last <laughs> night too, especially uh, with that injury and what happened in the first half, which we'll get to momentarily. But what was your read uh, on this game in terms of Rams and Seahawks? What the market's done? Well, with I think the Rams got some defensive deficiencies that we have not really talked about too much because the offense has been able to uh, cover up for that early in the season. And you look at the Rams' defense, and obviously a lot of this is on reputation from last year, too, how good this Rams' defense was in 2020. It has not been that good in 2021. You, know, you have Aaron Darnold, you have uh, Jalen Ramsey. You think, oh, this is going to be an elite defense. It hasn't played to that level uh, to this point. Now, I think the Seahawks have even more issues, many more issues on the defensive side than the Rams do. Uh, I, I kind of look at this as more of a, a pick em game, though. Uh, I thought Russell Wilson found his groove last week in the second half uh, against the uh, the 49ers. In the big picture, I like the Rams a lot more than the Seahawks. In this game tonight in Seattle, uh, to me it looks like uh, a pick'em game. 
Yeah, so I think when I saw this, so one, uh, moving it from one and a half to like the two and a half, I agree with the the, the thought that the Rams are, are the side, right? Up to two and a half, don't wanna, I don't want to lay that inflate of a number. But here's the thing for me, and, you know, I was rewatched the Rams game against the Cardinals. Also mm-hmm. was uh, was watching San Francisco and Seattle. And there's one thing that really sticks out, and we'll get to the defense too because we don't have a lot of time, but the Seahawks defense still has a lot of issues. And one of the things that has really quietly been another problem for them, it's not even so much their secondary, which you and I have covered multiple times, their run defense has not been good. Like right. their run defense is one of the worst in the National Football League. And if you look across the board, if you look at like adjusted line yards allowed per carry humans, they're 19th in the National Football League. Power situations, like those situations two yards or shorter, goal line, inside the two-yard line, 24th in the NFL, mm-hmm. open field yards per carry, right? When you're talking about like second level and 10 yards runs, right? You're talking about 21st in the NFL. And so much works off of that for the Los Angeles Rams in terms of their running game. And one of the quiet things that has really bothered Seattle, they've been one of the worst defenses against play-action passing. And you know who's one of the best quarterbacks with play-action passing this year? Matthew Stafford. Of course, Matt Stafford with that running game. And I think yep. when you look at it from that perspective, if the Rams don't abandon the run game, because when I went back and watched, the one thing that really bothered me with the Rams in that game against the Cardinals, mm-hmm. they, they're down 14-10, turn the ball over on a Michelle fumble, they give the ball back, and then they go on their next drive after giving up a touchdown, eight consecutive passing plays, and they just blow it all up. And they their game plan goes to crap. And, and I think if they're able to run the ball here, which they should be able to, it seems like it's a pretty good offensive night for L.A. on the surface. Yeah, that's a good recap. Well, I watched the game, rewatched the uh, Cardinals-Rams game, too, and I think uh, just everything seemed to go the Cardinals' way, yep. and everything was going against the Rams. Is this one of those days? And they didn't really try to run the football. Uh, like I said, I, I think the in the big picture, the Rams, no doubt, yeah. uh, the team with more upside here. I'm not sure if... Um, if you're talking about the home field advantage in Seattle, if the Rams are four and a half points better right now. Well, let's talk about a little bit more about the NFC West. But first, let's touch on this ALDS series between the Rays and the Red Sox when we come back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe... 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSN, the sports betting network. The NHL season just days away, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. VEASAN Hockey Betting Guy now available with strategies, best bets for the season ahead. You get your in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, as well as season-long trends to watch. Guides a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season. Get your digital copy now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Lance McCullers Jr. through two so far, through two batters, two outs right now. Top of the first inning, 3-2 count there for Abreu at this point. Still scoreless, as I can totally tell with that massive scoreboard in the corner of the screen right now. Not a good look. That's pretty ugly. (laughs) FS1, I don't know who the graphic designer is, but uh, you might want to scrap that and come up with something different. Not only that, who got it? Like it passed through multiple layers? Like, what are we doing? Multiple people approved this? Yeah, that's good. Let's go with it. (laughs) I hate to see the other (laughs) submissions, huh? Wow. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit more baseball because we do get the ALDS uh, between Boston and Tampa Bay started today. This (laughs) one's going to get started at 5.07 p.m. Pacific time, 8 o'clock for those of you on the East Coast. So right now, if you're looking at it, you get Shane McClanahan versus Eduardo Rodriguez. One of my favorite statistical anomalies, Eduardo Rodriguez. Dollar sixty price tag on McClanahan and the Rays, plus one forty coming back on Eduardo Rodriguez. And I'll bring up the anomaly part about this because he's just been this guy for a while now, humans. Four seventy four ERA for Eduardo Rodriguez. Last time we saw him, he pitched the eighth inning for the Red Sox in the game against the Washington Nationals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but has been a starter for them for the most part. Thirty-two of his thirty-one or excuse me, thirty-one of his thirty-two appearances as a starter, but a four-seventy-four ERA and a three-forty-three expected fielding independent. He, he's been solid in terms of the advanced numbers. And I always say this: if I told you you can have a guy start a playoff game who strikeouts ten and a half guys every nine innings, walks less than three, right? 
and is relatively solid and keeping the ball down, I think you'll take that dude every time. And that's Eduardo Rodriguez. But the results always not really following him around in terms of positive results. He's been an undervalued pitcher, I think, when it comes to the market. And sometimes you get some inflated prices on him uh, from time to time. And if this gets a little bit higher, I would think that a first five play potentially on Eduardo might be worth it. I just like him a lot, despite the fact that the ERA traditional numbers say that he's a somewhat below average pitcher. Uh, I've actually kind of liked Erod. I've been on him a little bit uh, this year. Uh, I, but I like the, the Rays pitching better from top to bottom. Yeah. And the, what the Rays staff is, I think the Rays staff is going to dominate uh, this series for the most part. Actually, I think the guys in the Rays lineup, we had that graphic there, had pretty good numbers against Erod in general. Yeah, I mean, uh, look at Renfro, right? Or, oh, those are Red Sox, excuse me. Yeah. yeah those... you, there we go. Right there. You can see it like, like Diaz and Cruz. 944 OPS for Diaz, 7 to 17 against Erod Nelson Cruz, 5 to 27, buck 85. Whoa. But if you're looking at some other guys like Zanino, they don't have uh, a not a ton of at bats, yeah. which I actually thought those guys have more at bats against uh, Erod than what they got there. Brand uh, Lowe's only got 13 at bats, but he's got three home runs against him. So uh, I don't know. I'm just looking at this series more from a, a five game perspective, as I think the Rays pitching is much deeper. Yep. Uh, I think they're just a better all-round team, and I'm willing to bet the Rays over five games, not necessarily in one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think that, that price is too high. If, if you had to pick one team to win the World Series right now, who are you picking? I, I, I would go with the Rays. I don't know who you'd go with. Give me the Astros. Astros? Yeah. Okay. It's, it, gun to my head, as you usually do. I'll go with the Houston Astros. I like their lineup a lot, and they've done a great job in terms of developing their pitching staff. Uh, when you have different guys as well, with different arsenals, right? Like a Lance McCullers, who's a breaking ball whiz, who right. can get off-speed stuff, and you go through it, and there's different dudes with different strengths. But, I mean, look, I'm not going to poo-poo anybody who wants to pick the Tampa Bay Rays. Their lineup is deep. No. They have one of the best young players at baseball Don't in that Don't poo-poo the Rays, no, JBT. Don't poo-poo them. I think you can find the Rays out there at about 6-1 to one yeah. at a couple of spots, plus 650. If uh, you look around, that's the best number I see. But I, I do like the Rays in this series over the Red Sox. Yeah. You know, and I was going to – I was going to bet the Rays in the series against the Yankees, too, and, and the price was going to be cheaper. cheaper. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of the unfortunate thing with the uh, Red Sox winning the wild card. you got to pay a higher price in this round than you would have had to pay if it were the Yankees. Yeah. What do you think the, the price would have been Rays-Yankees in this series? Rays, one twenty-five. No, that's exactly what I was thinking. Dollar yeah. $1.25, like yeah. somewhere in that $0.10 cent range. And, and it's, again, because it's the power of the New York Yankees. If right. they would have won that game, especially in a primetime spot, uh, you would have been asking for raise money in a situation like that, despite the fact that the race over the last uh, now two seasons have been absolutely incredible, especially in that division. All right, so yeah, I would agree. Uh, generally, in terms of the series overall, I just I, I have uh, throughout the baseball season, I've had quite the interest there in Eduardo Rodriguez in terms of the way that he's been undervalued yeah. by the market. So I can understand that. I, I do think he's an underrated yeah. pitcher. Maybe yeah. it's a first five, uh, first five under, as opposed to thinking that he is going to win those first five, right? If he's going to get a good performance since you get out of, you get something good out of McClanahan with that. I wanted to bring up two games to you um, really quickly though. I did want to address a little bit of news. So uh, the first bit of news doesn't have to do with the two games it has to do with the game that we talked about yesterday, uh, but it has been officially reported that Baker Mayfield has a torn labrum in his off shoulder. I'm not surprising though, right? That actually happened not last game. That was Minnesota, but the game prior where he throws the interception, tries to make a tackle, injures the shoulder, pops in and out, has to go out, then comes back in. So we right. know the injury was there, but it's now official that we know he has a torn labrum. And it also explains why the market went from in a lot of spots to one and a half to the two in this game. Now, I always laugh, right? We knew he was injured already. We just get the official word. Torn labrum sounds scary. So market reacts and bumps it up a half. Yeah, he did not play well against Vikings last week. Right. I don't think it's a coincidence, yeah. right, that he comes off of the game in which he got injured 
and has his worst game of the season. No question. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see if that's going to have an effect. But if you're wondering why the ones and a halfs turn to twos in some spots, I would think that would be the case. Now, the other bit of news is that Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice today in any form or fashion for mm-hmm. the San Francisco 49ers. And as much as I think there is a difference between the two and like one that is more positive for Jimmy, I think he's the better quarterback at this point. I think given the matchup humans, it actually benefits the 49ers if it is going to be Trey Lance out there against the Arizona Cardinals. And we've seen the market start to react a little bit here. Five and a halfs are starting to disappear. Fives are starting to appear. Uh, but it's five and a half still here at the South Point. But I just think Trey Lance in terms of, okay, now we have our runner out there. He's got a big arm. Let's start to run some Baltimore Ravens-esque type offense. We've got a mobile quarterback who's an absolute threat with his legs, too. You're going to start to see different wrinkles into this running game. And if you go back to not only this year where the Cardinals, we, we've gone over it a lot, right? One of the worst run defenses, bottom of the league, all of that. Mm-hmm. You even go back to last week against the Rams. The, the Rams, again, abandoning the game plan. Darrell Henderson was running all over him, right? But all of a sudden, it's 21 to 10 before you can blink, and you've got to start trying to throw yourself out of a deficit. I think the Cardinals are going to have a tough time containing this running game for San Francisco. The Cardinals had a really tough time containing Dalvin Cook and the Vikings. In fact, they couldn't contain him. Uh, The Vikings ran all over the Cardinals. I think the Niners might do the same thing here. And uh, I kind of like the Trey Lance at quarterback. I I watched the 49ers-Seahawks game last week. Jimmy Garoppolo made some really bad throws. You know, he... So they miss a field goal in that first half, but there was, do you remember the, there was a flea flicker type play that they ran where they do the whole thing, like bubble screen to one side, then throw it back to Jimmy Garoppolo. He had, I think it was Kittle wide open, but he does that stupid crow hop and then throws it back toward the middle of the, there were so (laughs) many throws. You're right. Like they were scheming wide open stuff and Garoppolo just couldn't hit it. And Lance is going to be able to do stuff like that. Yeah. I think Kyle Shanahan at this point is really frustrated with Jimmy G or, you know, right or wrong. I think he's, he's perfectionist. Now, Trey Lance is going to make a lot of mistakes, and that's the thing. When We've seen it with Justin Fields already, right? Everybody's clamoring for Justin Fields to get on the field, and when he gets out there, you realize, oh, yeah, he's got a long way to go. That might be the same thing with Trey Lance here, but I think once Lance gets out there and he starts playing well, it's going to be no looking back for Kyle Shanahan. I'm not sure Jimmy G's going to get back on the field unless yeah. Trey Lance gets injured right, because he's obviously the future. And at some point, you got to move forward with this offense, and the offense changes a lot with Trey Lance on the field. So I, I, I kind of like the Niners here catching five and a half, and uh, that's the way I'm leaning in this game. I, I think I'm going to have to play it pretty soon because the five and a half is going to disappear. And, but another thing about the Cardinals, yeah. aside from their poor run defense, I'm seeing all these NFL media types putting out power rankings now where the Cardinals are number one in the right. NFL. When your hype gets, when you start to get overhyped, uh, you're also getting overvalued. I think uh, this is a point where you might want to bet against Arizona. Yep, I would agree. And and this is the last little like uh, wrinkle, I think, going away from that Rams game. One of the things that drove you nuts when you watched the Rams and the way they played defensively, because Aaron Donald's great, and the pressure up the interior was there, mm-hmm. but their edge rushers in the way that they were playing Kyler Murray, some of those sharp angles in where you're allowing him to bounce yeah. outside oh, and extend man. plays, I think the fact one of the weaknesses for the Rams, because you've talked about like, maybe the defense not being as good as we think they are, they don't really have great edge rushers. The San Francisco 49ers do, and mm-hmm. they'll be able to contain Kyler Murray where you'd rather keep him in the pocket and have you oh, beat him there. To, as opposed to, like, there were so many times where guys are taking sharp angles and going inside that on drives him, you crazy. Where he's like, all right, I'll bounce it. outside ah, and extend ah, a play for you. You cannot let him bounce outside they, and make plays. They, there was one where he got he gets taken inside, so he bounces outside. He converted, like, a third and 14 yeah, in yeah. like on the other side of the field. Oh, it was nuts, so... I think that's going to be a massive factor, too. I was really surprised how sloppy the Rams were in general. You go back and watch that game. I didn't get a chance to watch every play the first time around. You go back and watch replay. You're like, man, 
this doesn't look anything like the Rams team the week prior against the Buccaneers. It looked like they just took the week off and showed yeah. up and played the game on Sunday. Absolutely. Uh, how do you not prep better for that Cardinals offense? I completely agree. So, uh, and the other game, we'll have to touch on this a little bit later. One of the one of the entries that I'm toying with. The market has been pretty strong. It's funny. The market is all over Carolina last week, right? Because hey, they're real. And then drives that number down to four. They get blown out. They did. It was a one-score game final, but it it was a blowout. And now the market's like, maybe they're not that good. And Philadelphia is down (laughs) to a three-point favorite. So find it interesting, the fickle nature of the market and the belief in certain teams are not. All right, so with that, uh, we'll get to best bets on the other side. I think you know where I'm going. I have an addition. We just talked about a couple of these games. So I'll tell you which one of those I've added to the card. And then Dave Koken's going to be with us in about 20. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, we're about to get the best bets in college football in the NFL. Welcome back. This segment of The Edge is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime. So you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus. Zen can be found at convenience stores nationwide. You can find your Zen wherever you are. Zen's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zen comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zen contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers 21 or older, learn more and find your local retailer at zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. I have seen Zen nicotine pouches at some uh, local convenience stores. You tried them out yet? I have not. I'm going to try them soon. I don't smoke or have much of a nicotine addiction. I don't know about you. I used to smoke cigarettes. You gave it up. Gave it up. Like Tommy Boy. You, you want to hear my, my story? Yeah, let's hear it. This is, and this is a true story. I okay. I was, I was I driving in my Toyota T100, black, 4x4. Driving up Tropicana on my way back to my dorm at UNLV. Put up a Marlboro 27 in the mouth, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And I crushed up the pack and threw it out the window, and I haven't smoked since. Are you serious? Yeah. You quit just yeah, like just, that? Yeah, just quit like that. Wow. Look at that, huh? The yeah. willpower on this kid. It's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> I can't live like this. Now, it doesn't mean I to stop smoking, yeah. but and other things. With that, <laughs> all legal substances. Didn't matter. Really quick update. Uh, Luis Robert, not Luis Robert, as I was uh, maybe thinking, um, did get hit in the hand by Lance McCullers. So we do have a runner on first, as far as I can tell with that awful graphic. Uh, we run around first for Chicago, but two outs here as McCullers is working through uh, just a minor bit of traffic, still scoreless between those two in the second inning. With that, best bets, you see that right there, $1.32, the price tag closing there with a 7.5 total. Best bets, Matt Humans, uh, one addition in the National Football League for me, so four total plays, and it's the San Francisco 49ers, plus 5.5. I bet it this morning, and I just think, look, when uh, there's a lot of things when you, I think when you look at it from a matchup perspective, that do work in the San Francisco 49ers' favor. I think they mm-hmm. can run the ball very effectively. The fact, and this is something I forgot to mention, the fact that, one, it does look like Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback. Not official, but Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice today. But you know who did? Trent Williams. So that's also a very big sure. thing because Williams is a fantastic run-blocking tackle. You're going to get a lot of stuff on the outside, but this running attack should match up very well. 
with the Arizona Cardinals. Fives are starting to disappear. Good with the market move. So five and a half, 49ers against the Cardinals. Adding to the other plays there, Browns plus a one and a half against the Chargers. Torn labor middle with uh, Baker Mayfield. Giants plus seven and Chiefs minus two and a half against the Buffalo Bills. I think that'll probably be the NFL card for me this weekend. All right. I like a couple of those plays. We have two common plays, uh, both on the Chiefs minus two and a half. And uh, I know there's going to be an argument with uh, some sharps is two and a half a cheap price or the Bills the right side. Yep. And a lot, I know there's going to be strong two-way action on this game. I, I don't think that much has changed since the AFC Championship game when the uh, Patrick Mahomes lit up the Buffalo defense for 325 yards with three TDs. It was not picked off. He was only sacked once. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs had their way with the Buffalo defense in that game. I don't think much has changed. I think it's a cheap price on the Chiefs minus two and a half. At the same time, the Chiefs haven't covered many numbers. Going back to the midpoint of last season, two twelve and one against the spread, but I do think this is um, like where we talk about a buy low situation. Here. I'd also go back and look at some of those numbers that they were laying in those spots too, right? Like this those is are big numbers. Yep, yep. This Even is against the Chargers, they yeah, were a seven yeah. or six and a half, seven point right. favorite. Yep. Laying less than a field goal home at home here against the Bills. I still like the Steelers this week. Maybe I'm a fool on this game, but I look at the Broncos as a really beat up team. They've got nine starters who've left recent games with injuries. Uh, it's not the same Broncos offense, especially if it's going to be Drew Locke out there at quarterback. Teddy B in concussion protocol this week. And I think the Steelers defense is going to win this game. And Steelers one-point home favorites, I, I can't uh, I can't resist it this week. I'm also playing the Giants, plus 7.5 over the Cowboys. And we talked about this game yesterday. Daniel Jones off a phenomenal performance without Shepard and Slayton, a wide mm-hmm. receiver. What he did against that Saints defense was pretty impressive. PFF's second-highest-graded yeah. quarterback. I always like the Giants better in the road dog role here, and the Cowboys kind of like the Cardinals are reaching that point where uh, they are overhyped uh, by a lot of people. And I believe the Cardinals and the Cowboys are legit teams, but they're getting to the point where everybody's hyping up uh, those two teams in the NFC, so uh, looking to bet against them. I'll take the Giants plus seven. You, you and I were on the opening line show Sunday night. That number was seven and a half. Mm-hmm. I was hoping it would go to eight. By the time we got here Monday morning, the seven and a halfs were gone. So I think the betting market got this one right. Uh, seven and a half is too high on that. Agreed. We got college or no? Yeah, let's get to college next. NFL season record for me is 10 and five. College football. Poor job last week. I went two and six. Now I'm 21 and 16 in college football. I did take three and a half with Texas. I took 32 with New Mexico State. These are games I put up Tuesday. LSU plus three and a half over Kentucky and Nebraska plus three and a half over Michigan. And I've got a couple more that I will uh, add on tomorrow's show. But uh, you're looking at a home dog there in Nebraska, a road dog in LSU, a neutral field dog in Texas all getting three and a half, and New Mexico State getting 32 against Nevada. That number's dropped a little bit. That's an obvious flat spot for the Nevada Wolfpack off that big win at Boise. Yep. Uh, We also, because it is Thursday, uh, we do have college football tonight. A couple of games that will go down. The first up, Houston and Tulane. Uh, We've actually seen quite the move here in favor uh, of the road team. Circa opened this one four favor of Houston that has made its way all the way up to as high as six and a half in almost every single market you see there. Uh, the total from 63 and a half down to actually 60. Uh, so relatively surprising when you see the favorite get as much support there, but the total comes down and then you get coastal Carolina, Arkansas state, uh, coastal Carolina up to a 20 and a half point favorite on the road with a total of 73 or 74. Did you mess with think about messing with any of these? No, I no. didn't do anything here. Uh, I think that Coastal Carolina, when that opened 17 or so, I thought that was a little bit cheap because Arkansas State's not going to be able to stop 
the defense is not going to be able to stop him. Actually, uh, Tulane, I'm not sure what's up with this Tulane team. Uh, blown out last week at East Carolina. Uh, really was handled pretty easily uh, the previous week by uh, UAB. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be a really good Tulane team when you watch the Oklahoma game. And uh, the Green Wave taking a, uh, a big step back here. And I, I think you've got some issues on defense, too, with injuries and uh, guys who are missing. So I didn't do anything with uh, tonight's two college football games. All right. So uh, I have some news coming out of the NFL. A couple of things to update some of the key games uh, for the weekend that we should note. A lot of it's injury-related as well. You know, for example, and this isn't going to affect the line because this guy's been dealing with injury, but we've talked about how thin the secondary is getting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and how bad it's getting. Well, uh, cornerback Carlton Davis on injured reserve. Uh, that comes down. So that's a really big blow for Tampa Bay, who, of course, had to go get Richard Sherman uh, off of the street and sign him. They were a massive favorite there against Miami, 10-point favorite. I think from a matchup perspective, there's a lot of things Tampa Bay can really do right. against Miami to beat the crap out of them. But at the same time, when you're as thin as you are in the defensive backfield, it is hard to swallow that many points. You know, I'm not sure what happened here, but uh, if you're the Buccaneers, why don't you make a big play for Stephon Gilmore? And did Bill Belichick not want to trade Gilmore to the Bucks? Yeah, I mean, that could be it. I'm not a cap a six-round draft pick? That's all it took to get Gilmore? My thinking would be that they don't have the cap space to get him, right? Because I, the assumption is that the Panthers are also right. going to sign him to a deal of some sort. So you ship the sixth round, but it also means you have to sign him I'll to a deal. What, Maybe Buc- Tampa Bay couldn't afford it. The Buccaneers don't have any more pressing needs than somebody like right. that in the secondary. I, I would find a way to make it work. Uh, that was a little bit surprising to me because, you know, Richard Sherman, uh, that's a decent addition. He could probably help you, but Stephon Gilmore is a difference maker. If, uh, you know, we've talked about this. What is the major weakness of the Buccaneers? Mm-hmm. And that's a guy who can fix it, help fix it right there. So a little bit surprising uh, that that was a good move by the Panthers, too, to pick him up. Yep. Of, yeah. Now, we also, this is the other thing, uh, the Atlanta Falcons have been hit with a rash of injuries, too. Uh, that would be at the wide receiver position, though. So Calvin Ridley, we get the report that he is out for a personal matter. He's not going to make the trip across the pond. Remember, this is a London game, so it's an early start. Russell Gage was also ruled out with an ankle injury. So that's two wide receivers down for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, luckily, they have best player in the wide, uh, in the NFL, Cordero Patterson, still healthy and ready to go. <laughs> Uh, but Cordero Patterson, as much of a superhuman as he is, can only do so much. Falcons still holding strong at three, but this was three and a half in a lot of spots here on the neutral. Yeah, I'm not going to get on the Jets. No, nothing nah. can convince you? No, nah. can't do it. What if Matt Ryan was ruled out? Jets had their uh, their moment in the sun last week. They got their one win. I'm not, I, I can't bet on the Jets uh, two weeks in a row. Yeah, I'm, I, I, part of me wants to. I have so I've got four plays like settled for like the uh, for the contest this weekend, uh-huh. and I am debating. There's like three other games and three sides, uh, four actually that I have circled. Like, all right, I'm going to go through these tonight and make my final decision. The Jets are one of them. I haven't eliminated them yet. It was not, they treated me well last week, kept me alive in last man standing. Yeah. Don't know if I'm going to go back to the well, but yeah, this, this, there's positives there. There, there are some positives there. I don't think there's any question about it. But you, you've also had wide receivers banged up on their <laughs> right. offense. And, you know, a week ago I did the same thing with the Lions. I, I was trying to find positives in the Lions. I, I talked myself into a stupid play on the Lions against the Bears. And what happened? They're down 21 nothing right off the bat. Lions, Jets, those teams are not going to be on my card this week. Also, A.J. Brown, Bud Dupree, full practice for the Titans today. So that's also worth noting for all you betters out there. Hey, speaking of betters, let's get to one of the best. Dave Koken on the other side.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSN, the sports betting network. Stop right there. I know your finger's hovering over that bet button. Don't do it just yet. 
Check out the latest betting splits data on every single game over on vcin.com. It's a new feature. Going to give you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every game. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. It's another way vcin's here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check it out today. vcin.com. All right. Let's welcome in Dave Koken, who's nice enough to give us some time today. Chat a little baseball, college football as well. Uh, Dave, good day to you, sir. Uh, did you have anything on White Sox and Astros series or game before this one got started? No, I uh, did not play this game, but I am playing game two, uh, regardless of what happens today. I like the White Sox tomorrow with Giolito uh, against Valdez. You got a lefty on the mound for Houston and Valdez. None of the White Sox have their complete lineup. I expect them to do damage against lefties. As it is, they, they've got the second best WRC plus in baseball against lefties this season. And that was basically pretty much never with a full lineup uh, of their uh, right-handed hitting components. Giolito really good in his last three starts. Granted, not against these offenses, but it looked like he's found his best groove of the season. So I give him a pitching edge over Valdez. And as much as I respect the Houston offense, I think White Sox will get the win tomorrow. And they'll be plus money. Uh, early number I'm seeing is plus 110. So I like that tomorrow in game two. All right, circle that for tomorrow. Cool hand Lucas going for the White Sox. Dave Koken, i got two things to ask you about here in baseball. We have a, uh, a message from a uh, viewer. Trip Tepper says, why has the betting market not respected the Giants all season? Any theory on this? And what did you make the series price when you're looking at Dodgers-Giants? The reason they haven't been respected as much as maybe they should have is that if you look at the Giants roster, um, they've got one potential Hall of Famer in Buster Posey. The rest of the team is comprised of a bunch of role players, many of which are castoffs. From other teams, Gabe Kapler has done a phenomenal managing job. And one of the things he's done better than perhaps anybody I've ever seen is making use of the entire roster on a daily basis. Nobody pinch hits more. Uh, he's, he's put the right guys in from the bullpen at the right time. It's kind of amazing what they've done. If you, if you match them up against the Dodgers, player for player, I don't see how it's possible not to favor the Dodgers and by a pretty good margin. Mm -hmm. And 162 games is different than five games. What the Giants did, and I'm not taking a thing away from what the Giants have done this year. It's been great. I've really loved it as a baseball fan. But in a short series, I'm going with the talent. I make the Dodgers a pretty good-sized favorite in the series, and I expect them to win the series. All right, how about the Giants winning 10 of 19 in the season series, Clayton Kershaw not being available, and Max Muncy injured? How does that affect things? Uh, sad to say, I don't think Kershaw affects it at all. Okay. Um, he's, at this point, what, their number four starter? I mean, that's just the reality of it. He's, he's one of the all-time greats, but his days are done uh, as a top-flight pitcher. Uh, Muncy's absence will be felt more because it does cause a position shift. Um, and, you know, the guy hits the ball out of the park. But that's the beauty of the Dodgers. Is they've got so much depth, it's hard to tell. Uh, they, they they got a little lucky last night, but you know they could have been out of out of this thing very quickly had the Cardinals taken advantage of Scherzer a little more mm -hmm. in the early innings. Yep. But they found a way to win. And uh, what's scary is that the guy has had the worst year in the Dodgers by far. Is Bellinger? He hasn't even hit his weight. He's hitting 165, three times on base last night, two stolen bases. Sometimes it only takes one game. If he gets out of his funk and starts turning into Bellinger, tell me how they're going to beat this lineup. Yeah, he's gone from MVP to a guy batting 165. Dodgers uh, minus 120. 
115 to 120 in uh, game one of the series against the Giants. Walker Bueller against Logan Webb in game one. Dave, are you going to play game one or are you going to play the series? No, I'm, I'm probably going to sit back and see what, what happens tomorrow because I don't really want to go against Logan Webb as good as Bueller is. Like, Logan Webb's been just phenomenal for the Dodgers. But after that, I might start looking at the Dodgers. Kevin Gossman, not quite as effective down the stretch uh, as he was for most of the season. I think their other starters are eatable, let's put it that way. Um, and I, I think I want, I probably will want to get involved with the Dodgers when Arias takes them out because all they do is win when he shows up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the game I'm kind of circling for the Dodgers. Uh, update really quickly. The Astros have put one on, so it is up. Uh, they are one nothing. end of the second inning, so we head to the top of the third right now between Chicago and Houston in game one of their ALDS. All right, let's go to the game one matchup tonight between Boston and Tampa Bay, Dave. Uh, right now, dollar sixty favorite Shane McClanahan and the Rays. Uh, I was talking about this, you know, throughout the year. I think if you looked at the traditional numbers, Eduardo Rodriguez has not really been uh, an above-average pitcher, but the underlying number suggests he's actually a relatively solid option for Boston. Uh, is there value on Boston here, plus one forty, or are the Rays just too good for the Red Sox? I think the Rays are a little too good for him, but not good enough for me to lay one fifty yeah. uh, for two reasons. One is Eduardo Rodriguez finds a way to keep the Red Sox in games. And they just win when he's out there. They generally score runs for him, and they might get some tonight. Uh, but it's still, and this is a weird thing to say, it's still a potential letdown spot for the Red Sox. Uh, beating the Yankees, and believe me, I'm a lifelong Red Sox fan. I, I, I say this all the time. If you're a Red Sox fan, there's nothing better than beating the Yankees. <laughs> Even in, two, in 2004, when they won the World Series, the series was gravy. The main thing was coming back and becoming the first team ever to come back from a 3 nothing deficit and doing it against the arch rival. It's always been a bigger rivalry to the Red Sox fans than it has to the Yankees fans because the Yankees were so much better for basically forever. Um, and there could be a little satisfaction as the Red Sox head to Fenway South to face the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. I think the Rays will win the series, but it's priced that way. The odds makers are making it difficult to play Tampa Bay here. I think the matchup, if you want to take a shot with them, Shane Baz tomorrow... Chris Sale's going to get more respect from the odds makers. And Shane Baz might be the best arm on this Tampa Bay roster. Uh, that might be the spot to take a shot with the Rays. All right, that's lifelong Red Sox fan Dave Koch, and he's been a fan of the Red Sox since the 19 teens. Back when Babe Ruth was traded. Yeah, Babe Ruth was traded to the Yankees. Back uh, of a pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> At Dave Koken on Twitter, smoking Dave Koken. Hey, quick thoughts on the um, Atlanta Milwaukee series. Oh, Milwaukee's got the great starting pitching. And it's better than the Atlanta starting pitching. And if they can get offensive production, Brewers have a great chance. I mean, if you're looking for a price to take a shot with for the World Series, probably be the Brewers uh-huh. because of their starting pitching. I mean, they can send three, actually four guys out there who have been dynamite. And they're going to keep you in every game in all likelihood. So that's the type of team that if you're looking for a price, maybe they're the ones to take, uh, take a flyer on. All right, let's talk college football here quickly. A couple plays I know you're on this week, Dave. In the last few minutes, Texas Tech uh, at TCU and uh, Marshall against Old Dominion. So uh, what numbers did you get on Texas Tech and Marshall? Plus two and I think minus 19 or 19 and a half. I got got it before it moved to 20. Look, Marshall's got no excuses here. Old Dominion can't play. Uh, Let's let's see what the first-year coach can do because the season's getting away from the herd. Uh, Last week, just... A turnover fest against Middle Tennessee. But they're a much better team 
than Old Dominion. And it's the type of game where if Marshall has their head on straight, they can win this game by 30 without too much trouble. Uh, they're a much better team. As for Texas Tech and TCU, anybody else think the bloom has kind of come off the rose for Gary Patterson? Yes. I know he's been there forever. He's a Hall of Fame coach. But TCU hasn't been living up to expectations lately. And this TCU team doesn't lack the one component that almost all TCU teams have had over the years, which is a real good defensive front. If you throw out the Duquesne game against you know an FCS opponent, they're giving up 252 yards per game on the ground. That plays well into what Texas Tech wants to do here. Texas Tech wants Columbia to manage the game. He's not going to go out there and beat Tyler Shug. There's like a three-point power rating difference between uh, Columbia and, and Shug. And they've lost their best receiver uh, who's injured. But if Tech can run the ball, all Columbia's got to do is manage the game. And I think he can do that. Unless TCU finds a way to fix what right now is a broken defensive front, I think Texas Tech will win this game. All right, Red Raiders, two, two-and-a-half-point home dogs there in uh, Lubbock. JVT, we got time to hit on uh, two NFL games. Yeah, last 60 with you, Dave. Uh, hit us up. Rams, 49ers, decides that you're on. Why? Uh, I think the Rams are the best team in the league who had a bad game last week. We'll find out more about that here because they're going into Seattle, which is a tough place to play, no question about that. But I kind of like the idea of taking them off a loss. Maybe they think they're not as great as they thought they were, and I think you get a good effort out of them tonight. San Francisco is just a classic buy low and sell high. 49ers up a couple of losses. Arizona now the only unbeaten team in the league. Look-ahead line was like three points lower than it is now. Go for the value here. Take the 49ers plus the points. All right, Dave. Hey, always good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much. See you guys. Yeah, you got it. Dave Koken. Hey, Dave Koken up on Twitter. Simple. Broken Koken. He's one of the best. The guy. <clears throat> All right, one nothing lead. He's going to be Top very happy. You can, tell, you can tell he's very satisfied as a, as a lifelong Red Sox fan to take down the Yankees. Oh, probably. As a Yankees fan, I have to say the Red Sox have owned the last 15 years, so. We were, I was watching the, uh, Trying the to make a change. Cardinals game last Cashman night. out. Huh? And they, uh, they zoomed in on this girl. She was a Cardinals fan. And my wife's like, oh, my God, she's crying. And I was like, she's lucky. I watch Angels games for, like, years. And I've never seen it. <laughs> Jeez. 2002 was good, though. All right, we're done. Peacein.com slash podcast. My guys, coming up next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.